Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We are, and thank you so much for being here today, listeners. This is going to be a great show, and I want you to be able to know how you can share it with your friends. So if you go to our website after you hear the show, you can can share that, Jim, with people by finding it on our, we have a search bar. Did you know we have a search bar? I know you do. I've I've used it a few times. So if you um, wanted to find the date or maybe a guest that you've heard either today or another day and you're like, oh man, what was that show? I have this friend of mine who's dealing with a similar issue. They might really like to hear that one. Um, They can go and share it. So just go to iworkforhim.com and we have a podcast page and there you can search and find the show you're looking for and share it with a friend. What's fun, Martha, is this show today. Our, our guest is Darren Moyer, and mm-hmm. his story, not similar to my story, but similar enough where in his young age, somebody gave him the book a halftime, yeah. and he had been successful in his career, and by reading the book halftime, he realized that pursuing success left him empty, but pursuing significance allowed him, it, he realized that the significance was found in Christ. And I think that that's so important. And I, and I, you know, when you look at our story, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago now, oh my goodness, almost 16 years where my buddy Bob gave me halftime. I read that book and I realized, no, we're not going to buy another chain of insurance agencies. I don't need to, we don't need to pursue success again because we know that what it feels like, we want to live a life of significance. And that's what led us to being on the radio with I Work For Him. That's right. And how many times do you say, man, I wish I'd have learned this at a younger age. And that's really, I think, what we're going to get from Darren Moyer is he he lived a lot of life um, and had a lot of things he had to learn from. But um, thankfully, God got his attention. And that's really the lesson that so many of us need to just be aware and, and um, say, you know, Lord, I want to learn now, whatever that time might be. It's fun. Darren's also going to talk about mentoring and re- mentoring and discipleship of emerging leaders, which I said, well, what does that mean, emerging leaders? Like you plant them in a field and they're emerging? No, these are young, up and coming professionals. Under 40. Under 40. That's which con- That's young. It didn't used to be. 40 seemed old, but now 40 seems extraordinarily young. <laughs> so stay tuned for a conversation with Darren Moyer. And if you've been struggling with that success, like success versus significance conversation, get a copy of Halftime. Go to halftime.org, get a copy of the book, halftime.org, but get the book, read the book. It changed our lives. You listen to I Work For Him. We're so glad that you guys tuned in this afternoon to hear just another amazing God story. We just want to remind you this is all made possible uh, by a strategic partnership that we've got with the God at Work TV show on God TV, which is on the Dish Satellite Network, but also online at God.TV. You know, the pursuit of success versus the pursuit of significance, it's a battle that all Christians will eventually face, and everyone faces it by the time they face death. Blessed is the one that gets faced with this paradigm shift early on in life. Today we get a chance to talk to one such man, one such young man. Just as I did early in my 30s, someone gave me the book Halftime and it stopped me in my tracks. Darren Moyer is that man and today we're going to hear his story. Darren Moyer, welcome to I Work For Him. 
Thanks, Jim. It's an honor. Yeah, Martin, I'd love to have guests, Darren, that just, but we love it when it, when it weaves in the book Halftime and the organization of Halftime. But why don't you just start, just tell us, what's your Jesus story? Jesus story. Uh, I'll start from the beginning. I had a pretty pretty traumatic childhood growing up. Uh, I lost both my mother and grandmother to suicide mm. uh, by the time I was six and uh, was brought in to uh, an adopted family. Some distant family members took me and my sister in and um, really uh, had a hard time in that family, uh, experienced a lot of uh, physical and psychological abuse. Uh, ran away when I was 14, lived on the streets, um, pretty much kept uh, causing a lot of destruction in my life until I ran into a woman uh, who I fell in love with. And uh, she told me that she wouldn't be in a relationship if I continued living the lifestyle that I was living. And so I kind of switched directions. Uh, we got married. I was at 19 years old. Uh, I had brain surgery right around then as well and uh, started in the business world. I started out a staffing and recruiting company with a phone book and a phone and I was told to go get new business. And uh, I looked at the president of the company. I said, well, w w what do I say? And she says, shut the hell up and get on the damn phone and figure it out. And <laughs> that was your training. That right was there, my huh? training. <laughs> that was very old school. And I applied the same hustle that I had learned learned surviving on the streets to business and mm -hmm. became very successful uh, to the point where that became my focus mm -hmm. of making a lot of money and um, ended up coming home one day and my wife said, I, I feel like we're just roommates. I don't even know you mm -hmm. and no longer want to be married. And so that set me back and went through a lot of depression and anxiety in my mid twenties. And, uh, I came to this point where uh, because of the trauma of my past, it started to break me down. Uh, but in business, I was able to keep uh, a polished face and so uh, present myself as everything was okay when it really wasn't. And it started to eat me alive and kind of hit a point where everything broke down within a couple of months. Um, ended up getting a DUI, got fired from a job, I got involved uh, with a mafia and starting a drug operation in Colorado Springs that went down. And uh, I ended up getting a, a girl pregnant at the bar. And so uh, nine months later, I, I had my son, David. Hmm. And I remember thinking, how could I ever take care of my son um, if, if I can't even take care of myself? Mm -hmm. But I experienced something in that moment, the father's love. And that crept in and I made a promise to David that I would be there for him and I would be a good dad. <laughs> That's quite a beginning. So uh, you, know, you said something, you know, y you put on your game face when you went to work. Like you presented like everything was great, mm -hmm. but it really wasn't. There are so many people that we work around, that we live around, that put on game face. They go to church, they got game face on. They go to work, they got game face on. But there's no there's, the authenticity is missing. But there's so many hurting people, just like you're you were hurting at work. Uh, how do we help people at work who are hurting? Yeah, I mean, how do you get through the the, the veneer? I, I think it comes down to vulnerability and, and just being honest with people and telling them when stuff's going wrong. Just have authentic conversations. However, in the corporate world and in the world that we live in, it's very competitive, and so if if someone senses weakness, mm. they're going to exploit it. 
and uh, the you you have to kind of keep this mask and this facade in, in order to protect yourself essentially and a lot of it for me what i've realized is just i because of my life and everything that had happened i just didn't trust anybody mm-hmm. and i didn't even trust myself so do you think that there's anything that a coworker could have done alongside of you to to help you in that moment or did you need to you know get to experience rock bottom i i had to hit rock yeah. bottom I really did. And and shortly after my son was born, uh, I was an atheist. I I didn't believe in God and couldn't believe in a God of love. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a spiritual experience uh, where I cried out to to the Lord. I said, Jesus, if you're real, you have to show up right now and you have to save me. And I felt his presence and Mm -hmm. and tears start streaming down my face. and, And this release came over me. And even though I didn't believe in God, I couldn't deny the experience and the encounter that I just had. And so I went on this devout search for truth that I was going to remove everything that I had been told, uh, all my perceptions, everything that I had encountered in this life. And I was going to figure it out on my own. Yeah. I, I just, the transparency, vulnerability, that's one of those things that a lot of people, they don't like to display those characteristics. And, mm-hmm. and, and I just want to hit on it for a minute because we're, mm-hmm. we, we work alongside so many people who are hurting. I mean, we live in a hurting world. I mean, it's just it's displayed in almost every aspect. The, the, the TV shows that are produced, the politics, you know, how people drive. I mean, it's all of those things. Knowing how you were hurting, but how you've been healed, how do you approach people that, that you could tell there's something a little off with them? What, what's your approach knowing that you've been there, done that, you don't want to write a book about it? Mm. Yes, I, I think that's a, a great question. And I, I find for me, it's you initially ask somebody, how how are you doing? Mm-hmm. What's their response? Fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Good. Yep. But, uh, I like to use fine because it's freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, but most people immediately, it's, yeah. it's they put this wall up. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's upon us to, to dig a little bit deeper, you know, and I think if people see that you genuinely care, that you you're there for them and you create that space for them to share. And, and sometimes it's just kind of doing the icebreaker. You know, if people ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to let you know, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be real. Mm-hmm. And most times people respond. It's almost a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It, it's like, Oh my gosh, me too. Or, or that's happened in the past or, you know, it, and it creates this space of freedom for people to be vulnerable. So I'm just curious, kind of the, you know, this next part of the story, you said that, you know, you, you had this encounter where you cried out to the Lord and said, if you're there, you know, I need you or whatever your words were. And then you said you started a journey to like figure that out, what that was. Mm. What did you experience along that journey? I mean, where did, how did that get you to where you are today? Mm. I started going to church mm-hmm. and the pastor at the church had just wrote, written a book called Transit and it was how to move in closer relationship with God and real basic principles. Uh, read your Bible, pray, tithe, serve, and get in community. And I thought to myself, well, duh, you know, I grew up in the church. Yeah. I've heard these things uh-huh. my entire life. And then it hit me is that knowledge without application is useless. And so I started to apply these things to my life. Knowledge and without application is useless. Yes. Okay. But it's in abundance. 
Knowledge without application Infinite is useless, knowledge. but it's an abundance. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hmm. And that's the scary thing about the society that we live in today is that Google uh, has all the knowledge that we need. And a lot of people spend their time going to Google instead of going to God. Yeah. And that's where the disconnect is. And so I started to apply this truth. So studying the Bible will give you knowledge, but applying knowledge will give you wisdom. Mm. And so when I started to apply the Proverbs, I started reading the Proverbs, writing them out, um, memorizing them every single day for the last six years is that that has led me to getting discernment and direction and God, where are you leading me? And these opportunities right here, you know, just being on God TV, sitting here with you guys and so many other wonderful opportunities that have opened up since following God's principles and applying his truths. So let's talk about that path. You cry out to the Lord. You've got a son. You said David was his name. How old is he now? He's six. Six years old. Uh, talk about the path since that night where, where Jesus became real to you, when you realized, wow, he is real. Mm. He, what's it been like? I mean, where's God taking you? Because you were this executive, a young kid executive. Where are you at today? Mm. So I work with Jeff Spatafora in The Way. I'm doing uh, spiritual direction and discipleship, working with emerging leaders, uh, all the guys that I help disciple and, and direct are all influential. They're all business leaders. Guys like me. Uh, when you say emerging leaders, you're talking about millennials that are up and coming. Is yes. that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Under 40. Under 40. Well, and all the, the millennials the, technically the right the now youngin. are still under 40. <laughs> the youngins. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm also in the business sector. Um, I have my foot in the marketplace. I work for Core Ventures as the uh, director of business development for them. And we have staffing and recruiting. And then we also do leadership strategy and culture uh, consulting, working with low to mid mark, uh, middle market companies, anywhere from one to 500 million, and really helping them dial in their business um, to eventually sell. Uh, so creating succession plans and exit strategies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how are you seeing your faith today, especially in the in the area with the, um, uh, not the, I mean, it's, I think kind of in the discipleship and the spiritual um, formation that you're working on, that's kind of maybe a little more obvious where your faith might fit in, but how are you seeing God use your faith in your career? Yes. So the business is just really a front. I, I think of it as guerrilla warfare, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. You know, I, I love God. I love people and I love business mm -hmm. and I understand the mechanics of business and I know what it takes to be successful. And one of those things is I've been in the human capital mm -hmm. sector, right? Mm -hmm. I've been pairing really great talent with great organizations. And I do that to this day. And I felt the Lord speak to me a couple of years ago and say, Hey, I want you to come recruit for me. And so he's given me this, this uh, outfit that I get to wear, you know, and go into these business realms where the church isn't infiltrating, mm -hmm. you know, where, where the people that would never walk in the doors of a church um, that I can access those places. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's beautiful and uh, I'm very transparent. And um, a lot of people will ask me, are you a Christian? And that always gives me pause. And I, I go, what do you mean by that? 
Mm. I always ask because everybody has a different perspective. <laughs> and this is, this is another issue in the marketplace. Christians, um, if you say that you're a Christian, it's almost a bad thing. Um, and what do you mean by that? Or what do you, why do you see it that way? There, there's just, there's a reputation, mm. I think, mm-hmm. of, of people saying that they're Christians mm-hmm. and not living or adhering to the values uh, that I believe are in the word. Mm-hmm. And so they say they believe in God, and yet they, they do things that are, are counter to that. And that's exactly why we're on the air every day, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, it, uh, that's what led us to being on the air, Darren. I got tired of being out there in the marketplace. And, and in fact, until 2009, the only people I ever lost money to in a business deal were people who called themselves Christians. Mm. And, and if you ask the average pre-believer out there in the marketplace, hey, if somebody comes up to you and says, I'm a Christian, do business with me, they would say, I will run the other direction. Yeah. Darren, where can people check you out online? Core Ventures, as you said, you mentioned them earlier. Yep, coreventures.co. Or the way at uh, the way the number two life dot org the way to life dot org the way number two life dot org okay mm-hmm. so how did God run your life into Jeff Spadafore just curious he's been on the show a couple of times he used to be with halftime he wrote a book the last book he wrote I think was the joy model I mean how did God run your lives into each other yeah that, I had my executive search firm and I'm sitting in my office overlooking downtown Denver and my employees are in the background and I get my financial statement from my CPA and I look at it and I go I did it I did it I've I've achieved all the success I had been pursuing for the last decade and then it hit me and I asked myself is this it hmm. is this it like, is this the rest of my life? There's got to be more than this. And that led me to going to Nicaragua where I just got rocked, um, ran into an executive, Brian Chrisman, and he gave me the book Halftime. And he said, Darren, you're having your halftime. And it was moving from success to significance, literally read it within a day. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having my halftime. And so I found Jeff Spadafore on LinkedIn and sent him a message. And I said, we got to talk. And he uh, graciously took the call and um, he's like, Darren, you, you need to be in men's ministry because I told him a little bit about my testimony. And then I didn't talk to him for, for a couple of years and ran into him where he was the keynote at a, a Mile High Young Professionals event. Hmm. And he broke down his joy model and it was totally resonating. Hmm. And uh, so we met up and he said, hey, I've started this uh, Emerging Leaders um, program and uh, would you like to be a part of it? And it wasn't even a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just said, mm-hmm. I'm in. So really, your um, your model is a discipleship model. You're, you're preparing emerging leaders for leading out, being Jesus followers, successful Jesus followers as they lead. Yes. You mentioned earlier, well, off the air, that really... What we do when we get on the marketplace is we're expending social capital. Talk to us about the social capital that we're given and how we're supposed to use that to really move forward our faith in our work. Mm. The simple definition of social capital is relationships. It's all about your network and the value of the people that you know. So why do they need another word for it then? If it's just all about relationships, why do they have to call it social capital? <laughs> because it's because a financial concept. There, there's a value to it, right? You have financial capital, human capital, social capital, and resource capital, and spiritual capital as well. Mm. Uh, I'll throw that one in there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's. I think 
the value and the trust that you you build in your community and the marketplace really helps maximize business performance and uh, even attracting the right people and having relationships with the people that you work and uh, with and building trust and rapport is significant in the success that you're going to have because if social capital is non-existent if you don't value relationships uh, your business is going to go elsewhere talk to us you get a lot of listeners that are they're millennials that are trying to figure out okay all right here's a guy who's in his early 30s that already figured out that jason's success is a waste of time and because it really is elusive you're never really all the way there in 30 seconds or less speak to the audience on why pursuing significance is where they should be spending their time I would even add to that is pursue the Lord, pursue Jesus, because mm-hmm. he is the way, he is the truth, and he is life. And apart from him, he says, you can do nothing, nothing. And I think he meant that when he said it. And so we can be doing all this good stuff and think we're doing all these great things. But apart from him, if he's not at the forefront, if we're not abiding in him, then it's all meaningless. Just a waste of time waste of time. Darren Moyer, we could talk like this for hours, but we're out of time. Thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Thank hey, again, you. the broadcast made possible by a strategic partnership with the God at Work TV show. Check it out online if you got Dish Satellite on the God TV channel or online at God.TV. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com iwork the number 4 him.com